0: Hey everybody, it's Evangelist Andy. I want to welcome each and every one of you to the Street Disciples. Today's episode is entitled, You Can Get the Deuces, Hashtag Fasting. We're going to talk about this thing. We've gotten our prayer lives up. We've been praying and praying, praying for things, praying for people, praying for our situations to change. And it seems like it looks like it feels like nothing is happening. I have the answer for you. We're going to open up our arsenal and we're going to discuss fasting. Jesus taught us very important things regarding fasting. So stay tuned and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about fasting with a purpose, the ABCs of fasting and finishing what we started. Stick around and we'll get through this thing together. It's time to dig deep. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, See, I ain't, gotta, I ain't gotta brag on me, nah Cause I know it's all from the key, yeah So when you see me shining and I'm clear Just know that it's been paid Been a long time, long time, long time coming Now I'm on, been From the key, yeah. So when you see me shining, and I'm clear, just know that it's been paid. Been a long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, been long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, been long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, yeah, 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 Long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, been long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on. My past is gone, yeah. I see the cross that keep me on, yeah. And yeah, I got my wings, so I'ma fly, aye, aye. yeah. I see my savior in the sky, yeah. Live forever, mean I'll never die, aye, aye. yeah. I'm no truth, never lie, aye, aye. lie, 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 yeah. See, I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta brag on me, nah. Cause I know it's all from the king, yeah. Uh, so when you see me shining and I'm clean, yeah, just know that it's been paid. Been a long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, been long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, been long time, long time, long time coming. Now I'm on, yeah, now I'm all, yeah, 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 yeah. Long time, long time, long time coming. I'm no on been long time, long time, long time coming
0: Amen. It has been a long time coming. That song is by Kingdom Chels. You can find his music on iTunes, SoundCloud, and you can also... Friend him and like him on Facebook. He is a cool, cool guy. I actually went to Wayne State to interview another artist for her CD release, and he got up on stage, and I just felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit as he was he was rapping. It sounded like he was preaching. So I urge each and every one of you to go and check him out. I am ready to dig into this lesson. I hope you are as well. Look, fasting is very important. Forget what you think you know about fasting. Fasting is powerful and it is deadly. It kills things. It kills spirits. It it. It can change your life, but you have to know how to do it properly. There are certain keys to fasting, certain things that you need to know and be prepared for. You must always be prepared. So when I look at anything, any topic, I always look for Jesus in it because my motto is see God in everything and seek God in everything. And so in seeking fasting. I looked to Jesus and I ended up in the book of Mark. Mark is the second book of the New Testament and the second book of the collective known as the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These Gospels are considered the Synoptic Gospels because they are personal uh, witness accounts of the summary of the life of Jesus and his three-and-a-half-year ministry. As we know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were disciples of Jesus. So this isn't hearsay. They were close to Christ. So when they wrote about him, it was from firsthand account. They were in the God squad. Okay. <laughs> so they have the the firsthand knowledge of what went on because they were part of, uh, out of the 12, they were really some of the most significant, um, Disciples that wrote things down. I just wish that Peter would have wrote some things. So because he was the one that walked on water with with Christ. He's the only man without the extra divinity that walked on water. But that's another podcast. So let's get into fasting. We're in the book of Mark, the ninth chapter, and this particular uh, passage about fasting teaches us many different things about it. I'm going to start at the 14th verse. This is just, you know, we're just taking it slow. I'm going to ease you into fasting, but please forget everything that you think you know about fasting. Fasting is a weapon of mass destruction, and we're going to learn about it. So here in Mark 9, starting at the 14th verse, And the word of God says, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them. And straightway, all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribe, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child and oft time it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst, do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter in no more. Verse 26, And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead. In so much that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Verse 29, here is the key. And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and the doers of his word. Glory to God. Here in this particular text, what we learn about fasting is that there are levels to this Christian journey. Prayer will get you to a certain level, but Jesus tells us this kind, the thing that this person was seeking, the... The disciples had to dig deeper and had to be doing more than just laying hands and believing. This kind comes from prayer and fasting. Fasting coupled with prayer can give you a weapon of mass destruction. Once you activate prayer and fasting and and sprinkle some faith on top of that, it, it will destroy. Here it is. Look at this verse. Verse 17, the father is saying to Jesus, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now, the father thinks that he knows the diagnosis. He just says that my son has a dumb spirit. Since he was a child, he's been throwing himself in the fire, he's been throwing himself in the water, trying to drown himself. This thing on the inside of my child that has been with him since he was a child, is trying to get him to commit suicide. I went to the disciples, I went to the preachers, I went to the deacons, I went to the prophets, I went to your disciples, Jesus, and they could not cast him out. No, now I had to cut out the middle man cause they couldn't do it. I'm coming straight to you, Jesus. If you can do anything, have compassion, and help us. This man is begging and bleeding. He's, this is, this is a prayer. His conversation with Jesus is what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation between us and the master. It is a conversation, a line of communication between us and God. And so he's praying, he's having this conversation, but this can be viewed as prayer. He's telling him, look, I believe, Lord. Come on. I I believe. Help my unbelief. So Jesus addresses, first of all, the reason why the disciples could not cast out this particular affliction, this demon, this spirit is because their faith wasn't on the right level. Many times, those of us that work in ministry, those of us that believe, those of us that church We have been praying and praying and working in our gifts and callings, but we haven't been able to reach the height and the level of power that God has ordained us to be. Why is it that you can be the elder that is chosen to lay hands on the sick, but every time you touch them, they don't, they don't rise up. How come when you touch them, they don't get the healing? Where is your faith? So the first thing with fasting, you must evaluate your faith. Where is your faith at? Are you believing God for what it is that you're going to fast for? Do you believe that if you fast, that it shall come to pass? You have to believe the things that you say that you believe the, The world tells us, walk it like you're talking. You can't keep saying that you a child of God. And every time troubles and tribulation come, you fold under the pressure. See, if you are a true child of God, then you will know how powerful and how strong that you are. You know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. You know, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm. Come on, declare these things. You have to know the word of God. You got to believe. You got to believe. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Maybe your faith isn't strong enough because you haven't ate enough daily bread. You haven't gotten enough word of God. You haven't digested this thing. So my question now on the table is, are you spiritually anorexic? Have you been eating this daily bread daily? Or are you skipping meals? Have you not eaten in a couple of weeks? Have you ministry. Oh my God! So first thing Jesus says is, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Look, what we can't do, bring it unto the Lord. What you can't handle, what you tried to handle, but you made it worse, just bring it unto the Lord. Put your burdens, cast them down on the altar, of your heart, God can come in. Man, look on the outside, but God, look at the heart. You you need to be excited about that. So just take it to God. <laughs> Get your faith up. Now it's important also that when I was reading this, I realized that with fasting, it increases your power to be able to uh, uh, have authority, the rightful authority over the enemy. Because we have the authority to walk over snakes and scorpions and any uh, tricks of the enemy. That's what the Bible says. It also tells us to resist the devil and he shall flee. Fasting makes you put, build up your resistance. Okay. So we, we <laughs> all right, Holy Spirit, keep me together because you know I'll go and, and be gone. So then he he tells them to come along. The man thinks that the son only has one spirit, a dumb spirit. But in verse 25, when Jesus speaks, he says, thou dumb and deaf spirit. There was more than one thing that was going on. See, when you have been fasting as Jesus had been fasting, when you have been getting your spirit revived, you are able to see things that others can't see. Uh, I'll share with you. One day I went to a church business meeting at one of the ministries that I have the honor of helping. This was just supposed to be a regular business meeting, but in the middle of the business meeting, uh, the Holy Spirit had led me to give a word of encouragement about conflict because many of the conversations and the things that were discussed had to do with conflict. And the people were admitting they didn't know how to solve church conflicts. So of course I went to the Bible and I gave them the scripture. I gave them the one, two, three of how it should go. And immediately as I spoke the word of God, there was a woman who was there and she immediately jumped up and decided she needed to testify. Now somebody would think Oh, it's good for people to testify, but you have to understand who is speaking, okay? You gotta know who you're talking to and who you're dealing with so she began testifying, and you know everybody in the church know her business, but I was new to the church, so what she was saying was new to me. But I realized it wasn't her that was saying these things, and this was more than a testimony. this was more like a confession. So as she began to speak, she began to go way out of uh, what is uh, acceptable for church language. And so I had already anointed myself for when I entered the building. I always do. I touched her and it was like I couldn't let her go. And immediately when I touched her, she began to convulse and to um, shout and scream and 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 lay out on the floor. So then some of the other uh preaching women came and we surrounded this woman and we began to pray for her. She began like throwing her hands and her legs and everything and they were straight dodging her like don't touch me. Like it it was something that you just had to be there. And as I was uh I touched her. I realized there was more than one thing in her. So I asked the women that were surrounding me, us in prayer to continue to pray because I had to get some things out of this woman. Now, I saw I was paying attention to the most dominant ones, I should say. So those were the ones that I went for first. So I cast out two or three of them. And I thought that was it because I was drained at this point, but that was not it. There was another one hiding in her foot. (laughs) And when I reached down to get up, I accidentally touched her foot and I felt this thing come into me. And it was at that point that I let the other women know something has come and and violated uh, my, my body. Get me to the altar. So they literally had to help me to the altar so I can throw myself on the sacred ground. So because this one, this one that was hiding, you would think that it was the weakest one. But that was the one with the power. I had to do some some toiling and some tarrying in the spirit myself, and I actually was able to, you know, expound that thing up out of me. And to God be the glory for that. And that woman, after that, she was a completely different person. It wasn't that like the personality that everyone said, that's just how she is. That That is not how she was. It was what was on the inside of her. God recognized it was more than one thing that was going on with this child because one thing was trying to throw him in the fire. Another thing could have been trying to throw him in the water. Either way, these two things were working together to destroy this, this young man. And thank God for Jesus. He cast him out and and he cast him out. <laughs> he realized exactly who he was dealing with. And he cast him out and then he taught the disciples privately that certain things, certain levels of healing that we are seeking require deeper levels of devotion. Hear me when I say this, certain levels of healing that we are seeking, require deeper levels of devotion. And, And he introduces the fasting. He says, these kind come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. I encourage you, if you've been praying for some things to happen and they have not moved yet, you might need to add some fasting. And so when we come back, we'll talk about fasting with a purpose. And we'll talk about the ABCs of fasting. And we're going to end this thing with finishing what we started. So just hang on here with me and we'll be back. We're going to dig deep. Trust you, oh God. Amen. I definitely have that testimony that I am all in with God. My motto in life is God over everything. And shout out to Detroit own Keisha Thomas. You can find her music on iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as befriend her on Facebook and let her know that she heard about her from the podcast. So let's get back into this. First thing we want to talk about, well, the next thing we want to talk about is fasting with a purpose. Fasting, if you look at it, many people fasted and... (laughs) And there were many reasons for their fasting. So when you decide to fast, you want to think about why you are fasting. For example, if you need help in your finances. So your why, why am I fasting? I need some type of relief, some sort of increase in my finances. So that's your why. Now, how are you going to, what are you going to abstain from to, um, Think about what you're fasting (laughs) because when you fast, most people think that it's just food, but it's not. But there's different ways that you can fast. You can have a regular fast, which is no food or drink. You can have a partial fast, which is uh, no food, but you can have water or certain times of the day. You can also have a liquid fast where it's no solids and only liquid. Um, that you have. You can have a full or complete fast. That's where you don't have anything, okay. which is also considered the regular fast. And then you can have your fasting from worldly desires, whatever that may be. You can fast from using curse words. You can fast from watching TV, being on Facebook, social media. I know a lot of people that do social media fast. So that seems to be, um, the way that works for them. If you're not sure what to fast on, when you just evaluate your, your day and your week, what do you spend the most time doing? That is not a necessity and that you can use that time and devote it to God. I play a lot of apps on my phone. I'm telling you, seriously, a lot of them. I have so many apps on my phone. So when that I lose lives on one app and one, one game, I got at least three more backup games that I can play to pass the time. And that's time that could be devoted in prayer. It could be devoted... um. In meditation, that's time that I could give to God. I don't have to spend three hours playing a game, you know? So think about it that way. If you're not sure what you want to give up, that's a way to evaluate it. But let's look at people who have fasted in the Bible. Moses, he fasted. Now, Moses fasted in order to receive guidance before what we later knew he would get were the Ten Commandments. He was fasting for guidance. And that fasting was for 40 days. He wanted divine knowledge. If you want wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, if you want to understand what's going on in your life, maybe you should fast. I'm not saying to fast for 40 days. You have to build up your intolerance, your your tolerance, excuse me, in order to be able to go for longer times. I just completed a fast with my church um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, And it was a five hour fast for one day. That was my jump point to start my fast. And I did those five hours. Great. I, I was proud of myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> now that I know I can go at least 5 hours, maybe next time I'll try going for 8 hours. You build it up that way. And if I could do 8 hours one day, then maybe I can do 8 hours another day. So the people that were fasting, we have Moses, he fasted for 40 days. David also fasted. Um and you can find that Passage of scripture to read, to reference, to study. If you're interested in fasting to de- to gain divine knowledge, that's in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter, the ninth through the eighteenth verse. Now, David, um, he fasted. He fasted because he was mourning his the death of his child. There are some people who are grieving and mourning because this pandemic, this virus has just tore up the world. And so they're grieving. They seem like they can't find their joy or their happiness. And some other people are grieving uh, the loss of people, friendships, and all of that it doesn't have to be death; it could be just the loss you're mourning a relationship that you used to have, and you're now in a depression. you now have low self-esteem you now think that because that man or that woman is not in your life, that you just can't live without them. You need to fast, you can fast, David fast because he was mourning the death of his child. And that fast was for seven days. He tore his clothes or what the Bible normally says is rent, rent his clothes. That means to tear. And he put on sackcloth and ashes. That was the funeral attire. So when you were in mourning and you were grieving, you put on a sackcloth and you put ashes all over you, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You grieving so much that you ain't even worthy to be a person. You just want to be ashes. So he put on the ashes when his his child died, the, the child that he had with Bathsheba that he shouldn't have been having with Bathsheba. <laughs> yeah. He mourned for seven days. And although he mourned, and he wanted his child to be well. God um, still had that child to pass away, but he allowed David to be restored to his rightful place. He would no longer be looked at or considered as the adulterous, murderous king. He was now the man that was after God's own heart. I mean, faults are not with David because none of us are perfect, but false or not with David, at least he knew what to do. He knew about repenting. He knew about prayer and he knew about fasting. He knew about listening to God. Now, whether or not he did it or not, we know there were times he did not listen, but he still had an ear for God. We got to open up our ears here. So David fasted. He fasted because he was mourning. Uh, Elijah, he fasted and he fasted because he was trying to escape Jezebel. And and that's the morning of uh, David's fast that can be found in 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter verses 1 through 23. Now, Elijah, when he was fasting, it was to get out of the clutches of Jezebel. And that's in 1 Kings 19 verses 4 through 8. Jezebel was, she was not feeling the preachers. She wasn't feeling no prophets of God. So she was trying to kill them all. Many of the prophets were on the run. You remember Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run. Well, the prophets were on the run first. Okay. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> so they were on the run and Elijah, he, he fasted as he asked for God to protect him against this wickedness in high places against Jezebel, who was seeking to kill the men of God, the men and women of God that proclaimed uh, the word. Now we have uh, Esther, she fasted for three days. And not only did Esther fast, but she, uh, through communication with her uncle Mordecai, they had discussed fasting. Because um, Haman had convinced the king to put out this decree, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, to kill all the Jewish people on a particular day. And Mordecai is like, look, Esther, you're the queen. God has raised you for a time such as this. He puts you in place, oh, a Jewish woman, a Hebrew woman that should not have the office in the kingdom as queen, but God allowed it so that you have that place so that at this time when Haman came along hating on the Hebrews, that we could have the coverage because one of our own is sitting high and is able to intercede for us. Esther, if you look at the text, I always try to see Jesus in everything. She was taking the place of Jesus. Uh, She was interceding on our behalf to God to say, please have mercy on the people. So uh, fasting is very, it's essential. A lot of people fast. Darius fasted for Daniel for one night. See, your fast can last uh, any amount of time. Whatever time you say that you're going to do it, you better complete that thing. Darius, King Darius. He also put out a decree according to the law of the Medes and Persians because he was tricked by the other presidents and governors and people who were jealous of Daniel. Now, he put out his decree that said no man could worship or pray to God for 30 days. Man, I could. you tell me I can't pray. Man, that's not going to happen. Prayer is a vital part of my life. So Daniel... I like his boldness. He like, I don't care. He didn't do it in secret. In fact, his windows was open and he made sure that he was seen praying. He made sure that they knew it was God over everything. And so he be- he came before uh, Darius. They threw him in the den. But Darius loved Daniel. That was his second in command. And that night while Daniel was in the den, Darius was in the king. In his chambers, and he didn't have any food, he didn't have any music, he was straight locked down, Darius put his cell phone locked down. He didn't have anything going on that normally went on. He he fasted and he he stayed up all night. He had insomnia. <laughs> some of y'all got insomnia. The Lord is telling you it's time to fast. You you got to push away from some things. Fasting simply means abstinence, to abstain, to withdraw from to not indulge in. So that's why I I tell you fasting doesn't have to just be food. There's something that you are overindulging in. And that's why we are lacking in certain areas of our lives. That's why you feel certain prayers haven't been answered. You're giving too much time to this area and not enough devotion to God. So he's got to get your attention. He going to let that thing keep going until you take out this weapon in your arsenal. So we got Darius, he, he fasted. Daniel was a man of fasting for sure. You read all throughout the book of Daniel. He was fasting. He had his homeboys fasting and, you know, every, <laughs> fasting is great. But when Daniel fasted, uh, this was after he had gotten out of the den. When Darius fasted, that was Daniel 6, verses 18 to 23. But when Daniel fasted in chapter 10, that was a three week fast. So we got examples of fasting from one day and we also got fasting for three weeks. And then we know that Jesus fasted for 40 days. Uh, and, And Paul, after he was converted, he became Paul. He was, he fasted for three days as he waited for someone to bring his healing, God was speaking to another disciple, telling him, "Listen, go to this place. I got a dude named Saul sitting there. He blind, and, and he waiting for you to touch his eyes so that he can see and know that God is real." And fasting, which leads me to another thing of the partnership of fasting. This is the ABCs of fasting. You need an accountability buddy in Christ. Okay. That's your ABC. You need to choose someone as you're fasting. You can start your fast in secret, or you can team up with someone. You need someone that when that moment of weakness come, that moment of temptation, or even when you're thinking things in your mind, You can call that person, text that person, reach out to that person or those people, because you can't have more than one, that will hold you accountable and get you back into the will of the Lord, who will talk you out your temptation, basically. I have several people that are my ABC. I call them my God squad, and they specialize, for me, they specialize in different areas. I have... Uh, a preaching friend that I can call when I, I need advice or I'm having issues in love. And then I have another friend that I can call when I'm having issues with faith. Yes. Even the preachers have issues from faith. Paul tells us it's from faith to faith. I believe that's in Ephesians when he was talking to the church at Ephesus, when he wrote that letter, we are, uh, you know, life is different. Everything changes. Uh, one day you're up, the next day you're down. That's how your faith is. Depending on the certain situation, your faith will be up at full blast. And if you feel something is a heavy weight, your faith will be down. So that's why it's important that we connect with other people who also know the word of God, because when it comes to temptation, okay, the Bible tells us, Let me find this scripture so you know for sure that I am telling you the truth. It says, with every temptation, God maketh a way to escape. Now, here's the thing. We know God is a way maker. The Bible is telling us he maketh a way out to escape. And so the problem is... (laughs) We don't look for the exit signs. I mean, let's just be honest. When you in your temptation, when you have decided I'm going for that thing, you're not looking for no more reasons not to do it. But with every temptation, every time the enemy comes and tempts you, God has given you a way out of escape. And so we need to look at the exit times. If you really think about it, every time that you were going to sin, every time that you were tempted, there was always that moment where you could have chose a different decision. Uh, If fornication may be your uh, issue, uh, when they couldn't find the protection that they needed, that was God giving you a way out to escape. It wasn't for you to be like, forget it then. Let's just, we can keep going. No, because now, because you kept going, now here we are. And here you are on Maury talking about you are the father. And he like, no, I ain't. So you can avoid all of that. If we would just listen for the voice of God, the word of God, and look for the exercise that can be found in 1 Corinthians tenth chapter. And the 13th verse, Paul wrote this to the church of Corinth uh, while he was in prison. This was the first letter. That's why there's a first Corinthians and a second Corinthians. He had to write them two letters. They was wilding out. Something like the rest of us. (laughs) It says, there have no temptation taking you. Hold on. Let me get to it. I want to make sure. Okay, there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, if the temptation too heavy, listen, God not going to put more on you than you can bear. That's what that just said. He's not going to let something come to overtake you when he has already declared and predestined that you are an overcomer. He don't want you to be overtaken. He wants you to overtake the enemy's kingdom. So he'll provide that way of escape. You just got to look for the exercise. Back when I was in the world and I used to go to the club, um, I was very claustrophobic. So whenever me and my girls went anywhere, I always looked for two things. I looked for the bathroom and I looked for the exit signs because if anything pop off, I'm going for the exit sign. So you need to know exactly where the exit signs are. You know the things that tempt you. The enemy knows the things that tempt you because we have revealed to him the things that we like. And so when he knows what we like, he gives us what we like, but it is up to us to say no. And so you got to know your ABCs. Pick somebody strong, strong in the words, strong in prayer, and somebody that you know will answer your call. <laughs> okay. And I just suggest that you ask that person to be your ABC, your accountability accountability buddy in Christ, because if they don't know that you are leaning on them that way, they may not answer certain calls at certain hours of the night. But if you tell them, look, I need you when my temptation come that I can call you and you can talk me out of it, then they'll be on high alert. And when they roll over at two in the morning and see you call, they won't be like, oh, I'll call them back in the morning. They'll know that you are calling because something is trying to go down. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Make sure that you choose the correct accountability buddy. So this brings us to our last point. Remember to look for the exit signs, know what you're fasting for, and think about how long you're fasting. Think about what you're going to give up and finish what you started. With temptation, what the enemy tries to do to us, there are some temptations that will pass and with flying colors. And then there are other times where we won't look for the exit signs and we will allow ourselves to be uh, consumed with the temptation. We'll stumble and we'll fall. What the enemy does is that once we stumble and fall, then he'll put guilt on us to try to make us just completely forget about the fast. I encourage each and every one of you, when you put a time on it, whether it be hours a day, whether it be a whole day uh, or quite a few days, whatever amount of time that you say that you are going to fast, you finish what you start. I don't care if you fail for the temptation, okay? This is your contingency plan. If you fall, to temptation. The Bible teaches us that we are able to repent, just repent, ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness for not uh, being strong enough. Once you receive your forgiveness, which God openly and freely gives us, If we ask for it, uh, Psalms 51, David makes a plea that, that whole thing is a prayer of forgiveness, especially when he says, blot out my transgressions. You need the Lord to blot out the fact that you have fallen to temptation. And once you ask for forgiveness, sincerely, you receive the, the forgiveness freely. Then you continue on and finish the course, so, what I tell people um be prepared for the temptation, pick you some scriptures that when your mind gets to wondering that certain text or phone call comes through, you can hold on to that scripture and it will it will uh arrest you so that you won't go and be a a victim of your flesh, whatever the flesh is craving at that time um Because know that your flesh is going to fight you. If you've been feeding your flesh something and it has grown accustomed to the taste, it's an acquired taste, It's, it's going accustomed to it. Once you take it away, it's going to fight to try to get it back. You have to be stronger than your flesh. You are stronger than your flesh. The Bible tells us greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the, he that is in me is the Holy spirit, the very spirit of God. That is a strong spirit. It can outlast. It can conquer any other spirit. The spirit of God is the same spirit that when Jesus lay dead, The spirit, the Holy Spirit is what gave him the divine wake up call and said, it's time to wake up with all power in your hand. The same spirit of the Holy Spirit is the same spirit that arranged the stars in the sky. I'm trying to help somebody right now. You need to know that you have power. You don't have to be run and ruled by your flesh. Cast down the imaginations cast down, chasing yourself. Who's in control, you or your flesh? Look, the Bible already tell us the flesh is weak. <laughs> so you have to be prepared. And you know what your weak points are, you remember going to that job interview and they're like, oh, can you give us three of your strengths? And you just rattle them off, no problems. And then sometimes you get that interviewer that's like, okay, now list me two of your weaknesses. And then you sit there looking like you don't know what your weaknesses are. When you clearly know any job that I have, I start being late after a month. Um, I really don't like to work with people. I don't work well with others, but you're not going to tell them that. (laughs) but be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. You can't lie to God. So don't lie to yourself. Be honest about what your weaknesses are, what the areas of improvement spiritually that you need to work on and, and do it. Put in the work, dig deep. This is not a journey for the weak people. And when you feel weak, the Bible says his strength, is made perfect in our weakness because it's in those moments when we are weak that we need to be leaning on the Lord the most. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You finish everything that you started. Don't quit halfway. You almost there. I'm telling you, I'm a witness just at the point where you feel like you want to give up. That's the point where you're at the breakthrough. Don't you quit Don't you give up. You finish exactly what you started. Don't, don't play around with the enemy. God didn't play around with the enemy. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, everything that the enemy said to him, Jesus said the word of God back to him. That's your weapon. That's why the Bible is described as a sword. You can kill the enemy in your life. You got to learn how to swing it. You got to learn how to swing your sword. You can't be scared. You a soldier. You were on the front lines. You don't put scared or weak soldiers in front of the battle. Those ain't the ones you want. You want the brave ones. You want the spiritual Navy SEALs, the ones that will go bold in the name of Jesus. Street disciples, it's time to stand up. Get up. Wake up. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I- I feel good, y'all. <laughs> I pray and I hope that you learned something, that you were strengthened, that you found a solution to the problem that you've been praying for. You need these things come by nothing but prayer and fasting. Some of these things are strongholds. Some of these things are, are serious spiritual bondages, yokes of things that are oppressing us. If prayer alone is not working, you need to double up the power and get to get to fasting. Fasting is the key. Fasting is the answer. Fasting is like a grenade. Throw that in the messed up area of your life. Throw that spiritual grenade of fasting on your finances. Throw it on your marriage. Throw it on your family. Throw it on your career and watch God blow it up. (laughs) Come on here now. I love you all. I I truly, truly do. And again, everything that I say, everything that I, I study, and, and I have the intent of love, I, I promise you, I do everything with the love of the Lord. And I appreciate each and every one of you. If you have any questions or comments, or you wanted me to expound on something that I may have mentioned in this episode or any other. You can leave a message at anchor.fm backslash Street Disciples backslash message. I also appreciate everyone that is listening and has come from the Facebook ministry. And if you would like to support this ministry, you can do that. I appreciate any and everything. You can do that at anchor.fm. Backslash Street Disciples backslash support, and your support is greatly appreciated. And I pray that anyone that chooses to bless the ministry that God will bless you tenfold, fiftyfold, one hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Um, if you are listening and you would like to join the private group that I have on Facebook. All you have to do is go to Facebook, type in Street Disciples and look for the same icon and graphic that you see on this podcast on that group. And all you have to do is submit your request for an invite and I'll let you in. You'll get all the episodes, any graphics, any scriptures that I've discussed on any episode will be listed there so that you can go deeper, ask your questions. Whatever questions you have, I'll answer. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I'm a very interactive preacher and I—it it is my mission and assignment to cover God's people and to edify everyone in the kingdom in the name of Jesus. And so we've come to the end. (laughs) I, I hope you are ready to take what you have learned and use it in your daily life and share it with somebody, everybody, each one, reach one, because I am a spiritual bounty hunter and I am coming back for all of God's property. So I see you all stay tuned and we'll meet up on the next episode.